Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to As a Woman, episode 44, LGBTQ family building, lesbians. In this episode, I'm talking all about same-sex female couples and how they can get pregnant. This will be a series all about non-traditional families. I don't think that's bad. I actually love so much all of my patients who are lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, whatever affiliation you have. I am here to help you. If you want to have a family, let's make it happen. Learn in this episode the basics so you can understand what your friends, family, yourself may go through. Welcome to As a Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition, while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. Hi, friends. Welcome back to As a Woman. In this episode, I'm talking all about same-sex female couples. For you to understand what your friends, family, or perhaps yourself may go through to start a family if you're not a traditional heterosexual couple. I'm going to start out by saying I'm not leaving a single moms by choice out of this. That's going to be a totally separate episode, even though, yes, you're right, it is non-traditional. So this will be a series about non-traditional families, and this first episode is all about lesbians. So lesbian couples is one of my most common couples. This is really similar to single women by choice. So if that's you, listen in here. What this means is I have two women who come to me. They're in a relationship and they want to have a family. Yay, I love it. One is that a lot of my lesbian couples are big planners, which is amazing. Sometimes they see me before they are looking to get pregnant, years before even. And you guys know me. I'm a planner. I love that. Because sometimes we don't know what the data shows, what your body shows. And the more time we have to make a good plan, the better. Now, the first thing I always ask all of my lesbian couples is, what does your family look like to you? Or what's your goal? Because I found that most people have some vision of what they are thinking. And it can be really diverse. Sometimes one partner is going to carry all the children and the other person is a support partner. Sometimes both people want to carry with the same sperm donor. So children are half siblings. So who's going to go first? Sometimes we have to see, does that make sense with what you're thinking? And then sometimes couples are interested in reciprocal IVF, which is my favorite. This is where the eggs of one woman go into the other partner and she carries the pregnancy. So I ask this question and then I sit there and listen to what you want to say. And then I'm going to say, that sounds amazing, but let's see what your body has and let's see if that makes sense for where we are. Because the truth is, we don't know how your bodies are. And one of the most common is both people want to carry, but they want to go in this certain set order. And I want to do an evaluation of you both to see if that order makes sense. Because if we prioritize one partner in front of the other, do we then exclude somebody from having a child because their time may run out? 
So the first thing we're going to do here is get a history of both people, and we're going to do a basic evaluation. So the basic evaluation includes tests of ovarian reserve. So what does this mean? Ultrasound for both partners. That way we can see our ovaries, and we can count how many follicles we have. If you haven't listened to other episodes and you're tuning into this one, I'm going to go over my ovary analogy. If you've listened to other ones, you've heard this a million times, and now I feel like you must be one of the OBGYN residents shadowing me who must roll their eyes. Oh, here she goes with the vault analogy again. But I love it. So here we go. Imagine in your ovary that there is a vault where all your eggs are. All your eggs are kept in this vault. It is steel walled, and we don't know how many are there. At the start of every month, a group of eggs comes out of the vault. Each egg grows inside a follicle, so we use the words egg and follicle interchangeably very often. The brain will send out FSH, or follicle-stimulating hormone. FSH stimulates a follicle to grow. As that follicle grows, the egg matures and then ovulates, and all the other follicles and eggs that are outside the vault die. Next month, you have a new group. Now, we have no way of knowing how many eggs are actually inside the vault. However, we can evaluate the eggs that are outside the vault. And by evaluating the eggs outside the vault, we get an idea of how many are left behind. That is because the more eggs inside, the more eggs come out every month. The fewer eggs inside, fewer eggs come out every month. And it's not perfect. I always say there's a vault keeper and that's a human and there's human error. So we can see a 20 to 30% swing in the number of eggs released every month. So we don't check this test all the time because it would drive us crazy. But by evaluating the number of eggs that are outside the vault, we get an idea of where we are in our ovarian reserve. Are we above average, average, below average, or low? And the tests that we do include one, a vaginal ultrasound, and just counting those follicles. So you can see a follicle on ultrasound. It's a small fluid-filled structure, a.k.a. a cyst. And we can count how many small follicles we see and get an idea. Above average, average, low, critically low. And similarly, we do a blood test for AMH or anti-malarian hormone. AMH is made from the cells that surround all of the eggs. More eggs outside the vault, higher AMH, fewer eggs, lower AMH. This is really critical when we're trying to decide who's going to go first because AMH and an antral follicle count or the ultrasound measurement of your follicles is giving us a right now representation of where you are in the egg loss pathway. Because every woman is born with all the eggs she's ever going to have, and she will run out of them at some point, and that's called menopause. So who is good at the current moment? That is what the test is telling us. Importantly, it's like having one data point on a line. We don't know the rate of decline. So just because you're good now doesn't mean you'll be good in two years when you guys are ready for baby number two. So if somebody's low right now, they may be the preferred person to go first, especially if they are the older person. Because the other thing that happens is as we age, the quality of eggs decreases. Essentially, the genetic abnormalities increase when our eggs split at the time of ovulation. So this is not a clear-cut answer. We often just want to make sure that we are not excluding one person from parenthood by making a choice at the current moment without evaluating both. So if a lesbian couple comes in and the plan includes some time or some possibility Both partners may carry a child. We're going to do testing on both. If you guys know or if this couple knows for sure, this person's the carrier, this person's the support person, we'll only evaluate the person who wants to have the pregnancies in that instance. 
So these tests are called measures of ovarian reserve. We're also going to recommend, or I'm going to recommend, an HSG test. So the HSG is a hysterosalpingogram. It's an x-ray dye test to look at the fallopian tubes in the uterus. And it's a simple test. Speculum goes in the vagina. A small catheter goes to the cervix. Dye is injected into the uterus. We find results immediately if the uterus is normal and if the tubes are open. And if we're trying to get pregnant with insemination or IUI, which is one of our options, we must have an open tube for that to be possible. So HSG test. And then the last thing is that we're going to just be testing for other general good health measures. So preconception labs, check your thyroid, your vitamin D, your blood type, and your CMV. Now, blood type and CMV are helpful because they're going to help us pick sperm. So we got to pick sperm. So if we talk about sperm for a moment, you can either have anonymous sperm or known donor sperm. Both are options. There's pros and cons to both of them. Most people choose anonymous for sure. It is the easiest. It is the cheapest, which is a big misnomer to most people. And it's the fastest. And there's no debate about If that person has any rights to the child, there's no legal agreement or anything. The sperm donor has waived their rights, donated sperm to a sperm bank. Sperm bank has already done all the background stuff that needs to be done per the FDA, infectious disease lab, psych evaluation, et cetera, et cetera. However, if it's your friend or a family member or somebody you want to donate sperm in a known fashion, the kind of misnomer that most people think about is, oh, that'll be cheaper because I know them. And that is false. And that's because you have to carry the burden of all the evaluation for the sperm donor, meaning that for the sperm donor, they have to have FDA labs. Often a sperm quarantine is the recommendation. That's what we do. Six months, sperm's got to sit in the lab, and then we repeat infectious disease labs after that. There's also a psych evaluation, a legal agreement, a physical exam, and you're covering the burden of all of that cost versus the sperm bank covering it. So just to be aware, it's not as clean cut as that's my friend. Let me get a sperm. It will be cheaper. It often is more expensive because you have to cover all of the things the FDA requires. But if you're going to go down the anonymous route, which is what most of my patients do, one, I want to tell you how much sperm to buy, which depends on the evaluation, what treatment are we going to do, and two, we need to tell you what type of sperm to buy to make sure it is the most compatible and we have the lowest chance of having an abnormality, meaning blood type and CMV are the most helpful tests in choosing sperm. So for blood type, we don't actually care about the letter A, B, A, B, or O. We care about what's called RH factor positive or negative. So what we really say is if you're positive, that means you have antibodies, you can have either positive or negative sperm. But if you're negative, it is best to have negative sperm to have lowest complications later. And CMV, this is so confusing for everybody. CMV is cytomegalovirus. If you're a med student or resident and you listen to this, that's the C in the torch infections, which means that it can cause birth defects if a mom gets CMV while she is pregnant. Now look, a lot of people have CMV. I always describe it like a bad cold or a mild flu. You don't even know you have it. Nobody tests for it. But if you don't have CMV and you get it for the first time, as I get you pregnant and put sperm inside of you, you could get pregnant and get CMV at the same time. And that acute infection is happening during a very critical time in development. And we don't want to increase the chance of birth defect or miscarriage. 
I will say that in heterosexual couples, we worry about this less for the most part because they're already intimate and they've already transmitted this if they're going to. So it's a different ball game when we talk about sperm from a donor source. And I will admit not every RE does this. Some people are under the mentality, hey, you're just missing sperm. We're going to test nothing. Buy sperm, put it inside. And after it doesn't work, then we'll do all this fancy test because then you're infertile. I am a no, no, no to that kind of girl. And the reason why sperm is expensive and your time is valuable. So I don't want to waste your time or your sperm or your financial resources doing inseminations if your tubes are blocked or if you're never going to get pregnant. To me, that blows my mind. doesn't make any sense. I'm also a planner. I applaud my women who have an idea of what they want their families to look like. But let's see if your body and your physiology make sense with that. So let's not just willy-nilly put sperm in you. Let's do an evaluation and get data and make sure that your plan makes sense. So there's my soapbox on that. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. No my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe, who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, 
Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Now, when it comes to getting pregnant, so say we do an evaluation and everything's perfect and your plan can happen however you want, there are a couple main options for getting pregnant. The first is IUI, intrauterine insemination. This is where we take the sperm, it is put into a catheter, a speculum goes in the vagina, and the sperm goes into the uterus. Ta-da! Attempted pregnancy. So this can happen in a natural cycle. You track your ovulation with ovulation kits, and then when you get a positive, the IUI is done the next day, replicating what couples who would do intercourse do, or it can be done in a cycle with ovulation induction. Ovulation induction can be done with oral medications like Clomid or Letrozole, or with gonadotropins like FSH, or a combination of both of them. To be honest, most of my couples do some form of ovulation induction just so they can have the highest chance of getting pregnant. Also, so that they are ovulating at a set time, we're monitoring it, we know what's happening. But the risks with ovulation induction versus a natural cycle is there is a higher risk of multiples. So the risk of multiples twins with oral medications like Clomid or Letrozole is 5 to 8%, and the risk of triplets is 1 in 300. That sounds low. I have two sets of Letrozole triplets, so there's that. And then the risk with gonadotropins is higher. So if you're using FSH injections, your risk of twins is 20 to 30%, and your risk of triplets is 1 to 3%. So those are much higher rates. So you have to be aware of that. That's not always a good option for women with medical comorbidities who could not have multiples. Similarly, if you don't ovulate and you have PCOS or irregular cycles, natural cycle doesn't make sense either. So you need to understand what would make sense for you. In general, doing IUIs for lesbian couples is only going to get you your age-related chance of getting pregnant. So if somebody quotes you a 25 to 30% chance of getting pregnant with IUI, they're out of their mind. That is not the truth. You can only get as high as your age. You are not going to beat your age, girls. Your age is your rate-limiting step. Okay, so let's review. Your chance of getting pregnant per month if you've never had a baby and you are a woman, this data comes from Ann Steiner's Great Study, Time to Conceive. So if you are less than 30, your chance is about 20 to 25% per month. If you are 30 to 33, 17 to 19% per month. 34 to 35, 11 to 12% per month. 36 to 37, 8 to 10% per month. 38 to 39, 5% per month. 40 to 44 3% per month. Ladies, that is your chance, okay? So we're not exceeding that by putting sperm there with an IUI. That's your age-related chance. That is because of aneuploidy and genetic abnormalities of your eggs. All right, so if you're 39 and you're coming to me and you have a partner and you're ready to get pregnant and y'all are like, I just need sperm, and you're 38, your chance of an IUI working per month is 5%. 5%, guys. 
okay? We have to keep that number in mind because if you are devastated when your IUI doesn't work, you have to remember it's not going to work most of the time. 90 plus percent of the time in that situation, it is not going to work. Nine out of 10 IUIs are not going to work. If we are going to combine IUI with ovulation induction, depending on what we choose and how old you are, the very highest your chance of getting pregnant would be is 10 to 15%. So please do not be thinking that this is going to be 100%. I see this all the time with my lesbian couples. The reason why is that we're just missing sperm. So we're presuming that's the missing piece. We forget about our age and that that plays a role too. In addition, we need to have open tubes and no other problems as well. So that's option one, and that is IUI. Option two is IVF for in vitro fertilization. And for IVF now, there's about three different options. So option one is traditional IVF. Option two is reciprocal IVF. And option three is something newer called InvoCell. So for IVF, what we do is we take those eggs that are outside the vault that month and we get them all to grow with injectable FSH. We then do a procedure to take the eggs out called an egg retrieval, and that's done under anesthesia. That process takes about two weeks. So we do that, and we get the eggs out, and then we fertilize them with sperm in the lab, and embryos can grow. It takes five or six days for an embryo to get to the stage of implantation called a blastocyst, and embryos can be frozen, biopsied for genetic testing, or transferred at that time. And what happens totally depends on you or your goal. So traditional IVF is also called autologous. So that means your eggs come out of your body and the embryo is going back in you. So in the patient who is going to do IVF herself and she's going to be the carrying partner, that's how it goes. Reciprocal IVF is where the eggs come out of the body, they get fertilized, embryos grow, but then the embryo goes into the other partner. So essentially, she's caring for her partner. And so that's a little more complicated because we have to line the cycle up perfectly if we're going to do a fresh reciprocal transfer. Now, depending on your age, your family planning goals, we may want to biopsy the embryos for PGT or pre-implantation genetic testing. And PGT allows us to determine which embryos are genetically normal and which are not. That is going to differ based on your age also. So the older you are, the more genetically abnormal embryos you have. Rough numbers are that at age 35, about 50% of your eggs are going to be abnormal. And at age 40, about 80% are going to be abnormal. Did you hear me? 80%. So there's a huge drop off and decline in that time period. So depending on how old you are, how many kids you want, we will make a decision if you need to do or you should do or talk about the pros and cons of genetic testing. Your chance of success with IVF differs based on your age. For me and most of my patients, you're doing genetic testing if you're 35 and older. That's just because it's fitting into our family planning guides the best, and I'm counseling you through that. And that's because your live birth rate when you do genetic testing with IVF is going to be around 60 to 70%, and that's phenomenal. So genetic testing is highly attractive if we are a little bit older when we start this journey. Now, if you're less than 35, we're going to talk about the pros and cons. Your chance of getting pregnant with a single embryo transfer when you're younger than 35 and you transfer one is about 50 to 55%. So that's not hugely different than 60 to 70, but there is a difference. If you just want one child, it may not be cost effective for you. But if you want multiple children 
And we're going to be dipping into that embryo pool multiple times and may actually be cost-effective to do genetic testing. And now InvoCell is a newer option. It's actually a minimal stem, lower cost IVF option that I personally think is wonderful for my lesbian patients. So InvoCell is very similar to IVF. You go through a stimulation process to try to get the eggs outside the vault to grow. But instead of getting all the eggs in the world, we are really targeting to try to get eight to 12. And then what happens is you go through an egg retrieval. So you still have anesthesia and surgery and we take the eggs out, and then we put them into a little plastic device called the InvoCell. And the eggs go around, and the sperm sample goes inside, and the device then goes into the vagina. It's fascinating, I know. And you incubate your own embryos in your vagina because it's the right pH and the right temperature. The device then comes out. Embryo can be taken and put immediately inside the uterus, and extra embryos, if there are any, can be frozen. InvoCell is not for everybody. Everybody is not a good candidate for it. If you are older and there's a higher risk of aneuploidy, it's not great. And for heterosexual couples, if you've got severe male factor, it is not great either because you're not doing ICSI or intracytoplasmic sperm injection. You're not taking one sperm and putting it inside an egg. You are putting sperm inside a middle container and letting them get near the eggs, but they're in a very close proximity. So it's not for everybody, but it's great for certain people. So for lesbian couples specifically, the wonderful thing about InvoCell is that you don't need as much sperm. So versus IUI sperm is higher volume and it costs more than IVF sperm. For InvoCell, you only need an IVF sperm vial. And for IUI, you often need multiple because your chance of getting pregnant, we're going to go on average is 10%. You're going to have to buy lots of vials of that to make it work. Versus your chance with InvoCell, if you're a good candidate, is close to your age-related rates with IVF, but we're not doing genetic testing. So that's going to be somewhere between usually 35 to 55%, depending on your age. The older you are, the less attractive InvoCell is. So we're not doing it in women who are older than 37. So if you are 38, you're not a good candidate for that. We're going to recommend IVF. But InvoCell is a really great option. There was a study done looking at our San Antonio office of lesbian couples who did three IUIs versus going right to InvoCell. And we had cost savings in the InvoCell group. And you use less sperm, you got pregnant faster. So that's important to know too. Not all clinics do InvoCell. InvoCell has requirements and restrictions per clinic. InvoCell can be done different, but it's mostly a minimal stem option. So you're not guaranteed to have embryos left over. For us, it's a $10,000 cap point with meds and everything, which is really nice considering a vial of sperm for an IUI is about $1,000 itself. And then the IUI procedure is usually about $1,500 to $2,000 depending on the specifics. So you're looking at two to three grand per IUI, 10 grand for InvoCell. IVF, depending on what you choose, is going to range usually anywhere from about fifteen to 30000 with meds and everything. More if you do genetic testing or on the high end of the range if you do genetic testing, on the high end of the range if you're doing reciprocal because there's extra requirements. I don't want money to scare you and your clinic will have your own dollar and price points and they should be really transparent and clear about it. Otherwise, it's not your clinic. You want to know exactly what the cost is for everything, exactly what your chance of success is based on your age and what all options are available to you. There have been reports of InvoCell 
reciprocal Invisal, which is kind of cool. There was a news report that came out for two lesbian women, and the headline was very catchy. Two women, both carry same baby. And I'm like, oh, I'll clickbait that. I got to figure that out. It was actually Invisal. So one partner carried it in her vagina for the five days as she incubated the embryo. And then the embryo came out and got transferred into her partner who carried the pregnancy. But still, that's super cool. People are playing roles in their child's birth story and pregnancy story in different ways. And I think that's amazing. I've also used Invocel in situations where even IUI has worked in the past, but now we have limited sperm. So we're trying to get something with a higher chance of success for that sperm sample versus doing more IUIs. And so this really depends. My take-home message for my lesbian couples is, hi, I love you. I'm so excited to help you on your journey and can't wait to be there. Two, this is very personalized and it should be. If you're going somewhere that's not asking you your goals or about what you want your family to look like in the long term or doing an evaluation before they begin, I'd have some red flags go off and I would question that. I'd also say that some clinics have restrictions and it's not to be mean. We currently have a psychologist who all of our lesbian couples have an evaluation with and it's really not about psych clearance. There's no denying you from the evaluation. It is about helping you understand what sperm to pick, what's the difference in donors who are okay to be open or closed, and how do you tell a child, and does your child contact their donor, or do you have a relationship with them? Those are complex topics that it's nice to have resources and support with. So psych clearance isn't clearance or not. It's more of a wellness consultation to help you with the issues from third-party reproduction. Similarly, age-related guidelines exist for all the things, meaning for Invocel, for IVF, for IUI, most clinics do have age caps, and that is not to be restrictive on you. It is because we don't ethically want to do something that is going to make it harder for you in the future, no matter your gender or your gender preference or your sexual preference or orientation. It's a little different for lesbian couples because you're not going to just get pregnant on your own. You have to walk in my doors to see me. And it's actually really fun because you're not coming from a place of infertility. We could just start at the beginning and decide what you want your family to look like or do an evaluation and flex it and figure out what your family will be. I love it so much and I'm just so happy that we have all this technology that's making it easier and easier for our non-traditional families to become family in the most traditional sense. I'm going to end this by saying state-by-state guidelines vary. Sometimes we are recommending that you, if you're one partner, that you legally adopt the child that your partner carried, even though you're legally married. Those are just protective things. We give all of our patients lawyers' name and contact information so we can help you with that step of the game. Because really, at the end, we want you to have the family that you want, the family that you dream of, and we want to protect that family from any change of laws or crazy stuff that may happen in this world. Thank you guys so much for listening. I just really have been wanting to do this episode for a long time and get lots of questions about it. I appreciate every share, review, rating. Feel free to comment or send other questions along. And you can follow me on Instagram at NatalieCrawfordMD or check out the blog, NatalieCrawfordMD.com. Thank you. Thank you.